0: Thank you for listening to this message from Two Rivers Church in Cooper City, Florida. We exist to saturate South Florida and beyond with the hope of Jesus Christ. Now sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the message. It's awesome to have uh, the opportunity to minister here. It's always a privilege whenever I have the opportunity to speak to God's people. And uh, it's important that we understand God is here today. Amen? Amen. We come to church and it's cool to see friends. it's nice if you get to have some coffee and even if you, you get to have a good experience of some kind. But we come to meet with God. We come to hear from God. How many would you, of you would say, I need God to speak to my life in some way? All right. Amen. That's what, that's what it's about. So many times we come to a building and we call the building the church, but we are the church. You are the church, and and when you walk into the room, the Spirit of God is with you, but we have to tap into what the Spirit of God wants to do. So I wanna pray that this morning. Father, I pray that you would speak to every heart, that you would go into places in that heart that only you can go into, that you move in such a way that people know that they hear God, that they've been touched by God. Lord, help us to hunger. Help us to thirst for what you wanna do. We open our hearts, we give you permission, Lord, to go into those hard places, to go into those crevices where we've allowed no one to go. Move in me today. Move through me. Not because of me, but in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. As Pastor Daniel said, this is the third week of one. I call this one thing. And I'm trying to I'm usually a runner or a walker. I'm going to stay within my boundaries. Um, If you have your Bibles, open up to Psalm 139, verse 13. This is a psalm of David. David knew the heart of God. David was passionate for the things of God. But more than that, David knew God and was called the man after God's heart. In verse 13, he's speaking about his creation. He says, Lord, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. What David is saying is says, God, I have an understanding that you created me. And you look at me. He did a good job. <laughs> did a good job. And so many people don't know how awesome they are. They don't know. They've heard things. They've been labeled. They've been tagged. They've tagged, they've tagged themselves, labeled themselves. They, they've been beat up in life. And so they begin to believe what they've heard from other people rather than understand who God made them to be. Some people have been so limited because of the trying to please other people. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 4, verse 1, he says, it matters little to me what you think of me. Matter of fact, I don't even value the opinion I have of my own self. I only value the opinion that God has of me. And David says, God has a good opinion of me. He said, you made me wonderful. And how well I, listen, how well I know it. How well I know it. Do you know how wonderful you are? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, let me read it. Because it's not up on the screen. For we are God's masterpiece. Think about that. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. Tell the person next to you, you're looking at a masterpiece. Tell the person on the other side, you're looking at a masterpiece. And He says He created us wonderfully so that we can do the things He planned for us long ago. Listen to what David says. We're back in in Psalm 139, verse 15. You were there while I was being formed in utter seclusion. You saw me before I was born in schedule, get this, scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. So you scheduled every day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. Have you ever had God speak something to you and you just don't understand it? Like, why do I have to do this? Because, see, you've never been to your tomorrow, but God has been to your tomorrow and back. God has been to your tomorrow. God has been to your next week, next month, next year, and he's preparing you for what he has for you to do. So don't resist what God is asking you to do now. Aren't you glad when you get on a plane that that the the pilot had some instruction first? You know what I'm talking about? God wants to prepare you for what he's called you to do. Every person here, every person that exists was created by God with purpose. God didn't just create something and say, well, I'll just make it. The person who manufactured this table, they had an understanding of what they were making and the design was was for a purpose. This table was supposed to be here. The manufacturer knew that this table would be used to support something. The seat you're sitting in, it was made with purpose. So if you don't know what something was created for, ask its manufacturer, ask its creator, and its creator will tell you what it was made for. You were made, not a mistake, but you were made with purpose and God has planned. Great things for you to do. Now many times things happen in life and we, we set out, we get, we get saved, we get born again, we give our life to Jesus and we start on a journey and we're going to look at that today. Because God has one thing that he wants for us and that's to arrive at the place that he prepared us to get to. We can call it our promised land if you will. He has a destiny for us. And if we continue to strive for the purpose, day by day, that God had for us, we will one day arrive at our destiny. But there's things that try to sabotage that, to get in the way. And many times, pain, loss, fear, discouragement, disappointment, past circumstances, what we might call past failures, some of them self-inflicted, many of them self-inflicted, do their best to convince us that we're not able to attain what God has ordained for us. I ask you to seek your heart today. Look inside and what is it that you hope for? What is it that you're longing for? What What is it that maybe you once were setting out for that you've stopped? Because as much as there's one thing and one place we want to attain, there's always one thing that tries to stop us. But we are more than conquerors. We have God on our side. And we have to continue to factor God into the equation rather than out of the equation. But those pains, those frustrations, those thoughts, other people will do their best to get us to factor God out of the equation. Emotion is a very strong thing. Emotion is real, but we're not supposed to be led by it. We can enjoy the good ones. But we should not be led by emotion. We're led by the Spirit of God. I like this verse of scripture in Philippians. And you gotta allow me, I'm about to set this up in about the next three, four minutes and then I'll get into where I really wanna go. But brethren, I do not count myself have apprehended. But one thing, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. He's reaching forward. In the next verse, he's actually talking about pressing. He says, I I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's a pressing. He's not lackadaisical in his in his attempt to go after what he believes God has for him. He's pressing, he's putting all his energies into it. He's reaching as far as he can. How far are you reaching? Are you striving to have that marriage God wants you to have? Are you striving to fulfill the call of God on your life? Are you striving to do your best to live for him? Is your relationship with God something that you're pressing into? Because we can't just lackadaisically do it and sit down I have the, 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 I don't know if it's a, the burden, the privilege, the, um, the honor or the agony of working out in the morning with, with Daniel and my friend Carlos. And I would rather be sitting down eating an apple fritter or a jelly donut. But that doesn't produce the results that I'm looking for. And some of us spiritually have done that. Rather than spend time with the one who created us so that he can impart into us what he's created us to do and how we're supposed to process that, we're involved in all kinds of other things. Maybe a disappointment has caused you to to find fulfillment and pleasure in something. It doesn't even have to be sinful, but it just replaces what we're supposed to be doing. I believe that God made every person with purpose. But a purpose has to be pursued. I understand emotion. How many have been hurt sometime in July? Frustrated? Embarrassed? I know people who have lost family members. And they've never been able to get past it emotionally. See, when we suffer loss, there's a tendency to camp there, to anchor ourselves there, whether we lose a business, whether we feel we failed in some way, whether we were divorced. Many over the last seven or eight years have seen their credit scores dry up. They've had to face foreclosures and embarrassing not knowing what to do with it because of the economic crisis, the housing crash. And so it, it embarrasses us, it keeps us back, it keeps us from pursuing other things that are out there. If someone dies, I'm not supposed to reduce their life to the day they die. I have all their life to rejoice in, to celebrate. And if I allow their, their death to cause me to not move further, to cause my, the quality of my life to diminish, then what I do is really diminish their value. I should allow who they were in my life to inspire me. The fact is, even in churches, and I'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but people have been hurt, bruised by leaders, by pastors, disappointed. And so what we do is we say, I'm gonna hide here. I'm not gonna gonna release my gift. I'm not gonna develop who I am. I'm gonna sit in the back. I'm gonna take a, a little while. But see, God doesn't want us to be anchored to disappointment and pain. He liberated us so that we can be all he created us to. And we have to overcome some of these things. We have to overcome. We make decisions to camp in a place that God doesn't want us to camp. Because we see it a certain way. I have a point here that says perspective can increase or de- decrease the quality of our lives. How we see things, if we see it as, as loss... I have experienced some loss in my life, but I choose not to to look at it as loss. I choose to celebrate the 20 years I had that were good. Maybe you've come from a church, and I I hear that around here sometimes. People have come from a church, and they're, they're talking about it like it's the worst place in the world. You lived there for 10, 15 years and loved it. You didn't hate that church. You were hurt by it because you loved it. Release it. Release it. Celebrate the fact that you grew there, that you made relationships there, that God moved in your life there. And don't be, don't be bonded because what you do is you hold yourself back from being able to accomplish all that God's called you to. And at the same time, you're causing division in the church. That's a church you love. In the same way, listen, some of you have made mistakes. And you can forgive other people, but you haven't learned how to forgive yourself. You haven't learned to let yourself off the hook. It's okay. God made us imperfect. How many know you're imperfect? There's only one perfect person. Carlos, it's not you, buddy. (laughs) Diana said, no, definitely not Carlos. My wife reminds me often it's not me, but Jesus. See, the good news is he gave us his perfection. Turn, if you would, to Genesis, Genesis chapter 11. I want to look at a man and what happened to his life. We know Abraham, most of you know Abraham? In the Old Testament, Abraham was just a a friend of God an awesome patriarch, the, the father of our faith, the Bible refers to him as. But we don't look at his father very much. And in Genesis chapter 11, verse 27, we want to look at the history of Abraham's dad. This is the history of Terah, Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran had a son named Lot. But while Haran was still young, he died in Ur of the Chaldeans. The place of his birth. He was survived by Terah, his father. Meanwhile, Abram married Sarai, his, his brother Nahor married Milcah, and the daughter of their brother Haran. Now, Sarah was not able to have any children. Terah, Terah took his son Abram, his daughter in law Sarah, his grandson Lot, his son Abram, uh, Haran's child, and left Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. Where was he going? Say it again. Where was he going? but stopped instead at the village of Haran and settled there. Now, most Bible references, scholars, teachers, believe that this village called Haran was, was named in honor of Terah's dead son. He built a village, a camp, then he stayed there in this place called Haran, named after his lost son. It says that they stopped instead. His intent was to go to Canaan, but he stopped instead. He couldn't get past the pain of losing his son. He couldn't get past that divorce. He couldn't get past that lost job. He couldn't get past that failed business. He couldn't get past that major mistake that he made. He couldn't get past emotionally something in his life. He camped there. He was anchored to it, and he stopped instead. The word "instead" implies that there was an exchange. Instead of, let's let's call this this table. Canaan, the place he was supposed to go. And this little mark here represents Haran. <laughs> Stopped instead here when he was supposed to be over there. His fulfillment was over there. His joy was over there. His peace was over there. His, his, his prosperity was over there. His health, mental, physical, spiritual was over there. But he camped here. Because mostly he couldn't release. He couldn't get past. Some of you that are young here, you've been hurt in school. People have called you names you've you've made some silly choices and people won't let you forget and at a young age you're already camped here you're already consider yourself an outcast because somebody else says you didn't make the a group but God made you a masterpiece God made you wonderful and you got to know how wonderful God is God made no mistakes if God is the greatest creator of all time, think about it. He made the sun, he made the moon, he made the earth, he made the atmosphere, he made the planets, he made the sunsets, he made the oceans, he made the mountains. And with the same creative ability, he made you. No mistakes. You're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're awesome. And how well you should know it. But because somebody else tries to keep you here or because some, some emotion says you can't move, you don't attain all that God has for you. Some of you think you've been disqualified from ministry because some past sin, because of some misdoing, because you lack education, and you've camped here. What's sad about Tara's life is that he made a decision Believe the God he was serving, serve this God, follow God, and he got, got on the journey. He was on the way. And he got sidetracked. Is there even one thing that's hindered you? When I was a kid, we had a dog, and dogs used to roam free, but then they came up with, uh, they wanted the dogs tied up and so we had this, I don't know, some of you may have had him, it was like a, a line and you put, the, you put the dog on and he could slide along there and he had some, some rope or some wire that he could run. But he, he could run in, a, in like a circle and you could almost see where he'd wear out the, 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 the path. The, the, the grass would be worn out from running in that. And he always tried to get to the end of the boundaries, but he was limited. He was anchored to something. Has what you have attained or desired to attain remained out of your reach because something is here? Terah took his son Abram, daughter-in-law Sarah, his grandson Lot, his son her and child, and left, listen, he, he left to go to the land of Canaan, but they stopped instead at the village of Iran and settled. Settled there. Now the word settled means to take up residence in or to stop and go no further. He was on his way. And he settled here. What a sad thing to know that God called you there and to settle here. Some people don't want to pay the price that it takes to get there. That's why I'm really anxious to get started with the school of ministry. Because though there's a cost, though there's a price, it's gonna help people to reach their destination. It's gonna help people to understand what the call of God is on their life and how to actually accomplish it. He settled. Have you settled somewhere so you've got to come to the awareness that if you have, I'm here. And I've settled. I've settled. Who settled there? Did God anchor him there? Was it the devil who came and tied him up? He was in bondage to his own emotion. Listen, I don't tell you that grief isn't part of life. Grief is part of life. And sometimes we need time to heal again. But we can't settle. Look at verse 32. Terah lived 205 years. Wouldn't it be nice to live 205 years? See, it's only good to live 205 years if you're in the Lord, if you're experiencing the love, the quality of life that he wants you to have. 200 years bound and settled in a place that doesn't bring you fulfillment, 200 years of being tormented and in in pain uh, is not a good thing. But he lived 205 years and died while still at Haran. He died right here, never having obtained where God was sending him, never obtaining what he was created for, never completing his life's mission. He died while still there. Letting go is a conscious choice. If we do not, we risk being anchored to our past. Remember, Paul says this one thing that I do, forgetting the past, forgetting all that. Happen all the loss, all the pain, all the frustration. Forgetting the past and pressing on, reaching, straining. The good news is that even if you've settled here, you don't have to die here. Today can be your day. Today can be your day. God always has a way out. The scripture says he never puts on us more than we're able to deal with. We, we can release ourself and say, God, I'm in pursuit of what you have for me. See, I believe that every circumstance should be a stepping stone. Moving us closer to our destination. All oh, I learned along the way. I wish I could tell you that every day was Awesome. It's awesome in him, but some days you learn that bad things happen to good people. Sometimes there's loss and we don't have any answers. We don't know why, but I know one thing. When someone dies, God didn't. I know that when I fail, God's still right there to pick me up. I know that when I hurt, there's a comforter, there's a healer. When I don't know what to do, God is all wisdom. So God is always there, and I have to go to the place to hear his voice. I have to learn to live at the altar. We see instances in the, in the scriptures where the children of Israel were afraid of giants. Fear held them back. And they died in the wilderness, never attaining their promised land. But Joshua and Caleb, who had a different spirit, they left this place and they pursued God and the things of God and they enjoyed the promised land. There was a day where where David was upset with God because of uh, of a thing that happened with Uzzah touching the ark. And and David was afraid and and, and actually angry at God. And he sent the ark away to a man in Obed-Edom's house. And he did without, for three months, without the presence of God and he became a miserable man. The good news is that David got right and he sent for the, for the Ark of the Covenant again. And he went on to be that man after God's own heart. We know that Joseph was betrayed and sold into slavery by his brothers. He was falsely accused and thrown into prison. He was forgotten about, but God knew where he was and God didn't forget him, God was with Joseph. And Joseph went on to be promoted the prime minister of egypt and rescued the people of god god wants to use you god wants to bless your life but it doesn't mean that blessing will be without pain i've learned something I, i wish it wasn't true but it is sometimes you're nailed to the cross and it's the will of god for your life sometimes you suffer to do what god's called you to do but in the end You'll hear those words, well done, our good and faithful servant. I want to tell you a story because it's important for me, because it's important to God that you finish your race, that you finish your journey. I call this story the mountain <laughs> climber. Bunch of novice mountain climbers responded to an ad that uh organization was offering for those who wanted to attempt at reaching the summit at a certain mountain in Europe. The day came where they were going to begin their climb. They had all their equipment, everything was in place. They had their ropes, they had their boots, they had their clothing, and they had an objective to reach the summit. It was a little cold, the forecast, uh, the weather was, was inconsistent, possibly some bad weather. They begin their climb. Now, in the beginning of the climb, it was everybody's having a good time, they're, they're laughing, they're, they're, they're just enjoying this, it's not, as, it's not as rough, but as they begin to climb up the elevation, the weather started to, to get a little co- cooler and the rain turned to snow and to sleet. And the, and, the, and the pitch got a little steeper. And the climb, and now it's quiet. And some of them were thinking, oh, what did I do? What did I get myself into? And the hours begin to go by. Some of them wanted to quit, but they, they'd already gone too far. And so they climbed, and they finally, at the end of the first day, they made it. They made it. They, they battled the elements and they made it. And at the, at the halfway point, there was a, a, a French chalet and they had some of the greatest French, French cuisine cooked by a great chef. And uh, for a couple of hours, they ate and they sat by the fire and drinking their hot chocolate or hot cocoa, whatever you call it. And, and we're just having a good time. But then the head of the organization said, it's time to get dressed, we gotta move on. They begin to prepare and put on their, their parkers, their gloves, their you know, their hoods, their, their boots. Couple of them decided, oh, we're gonna stay here, we'll catch you on the way back. They stayed by the fire, started to play cards, as the others were preparing to go. When the group that was continuing on left, these laughed, the, the ones remaining laughed, and said, oh, it's great to be here. But within a little while, One walked over to the window and began to look up to see where his former companions were, and he could see the tail end of the group going up the mountain. And There was a part of him that wanted to run after him, but he didn't. And he realized this is more than scaling a mountain. This represents my life. I've settled for halfway. I'm never gonna finish. I'm never gonna reach the summit. I'll never know what it is to complete this. And the whole atmosphere in that chalet with that group that remained went from being jovial to being somber as they realized they were not gonna fulfill the destiny that they had. The objective would never be reached and attained. For some of you, you settled. You started the journey and you stopped. Your marriage was gonna be wonderful. You were gonna do this business. You're gonna have this job. You're gonna get this education. You're gonna do, you're gonna serve here. But you've allowed emotion. This church is going through a rough couple of years. Some of you are still dealing with that. And yet God is saying, I'm here, trust in me. See, people change, but God doesn't. Some of you still need healing. You're making emotional decisions that you shouldn't be making. If God doesn't lead you, then don't move. If God God tells you to stop, then stop. But if God tells you to go, then go. Do what the Lord is, is leading you to do. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your destiny. Don't just treat every day like it's just another day and let the clock tick, 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 while others are climbing. And it seems like the the cocoa is good, but it's not. Haran is not supposed to be a replacement for Canaan in your life. So my prayer today is that each of us would come to some place of awareness. Close your eyes for just a minute. Make sure that god is there with you ask god where he's sending you in those important areas of your life your relationship with him your marriage your children your career your money your loved ones god wants to restore some friendships have you settled somewhere because of emotion, because of offense, because of pain, because of loss? Can you allow God to cause you to make right decisions, to forgive who needs forgiven, and maybe that's you. I know I lived 29 years angry at a dead man. He was my father. I was so angry at him for dying and leaving me. I couldn't understand that it was anger at the time. That I was, it was really hurt because I I missed out on what I wanted. But the truth is that hurt and that anger brought me to God and gave me such a wonderful life. I'm so blessed because of who he is. God has that for you. He has a place, a cane and a promised land, a destiny for you. If you can get past that one thing that's holding you back. Thank you for listening. For more messages, you can visit us online at tworiverschurch.tv.